Hi, I'm Leah Kirshner. And I'm Kaya Beekler. And welcome back to DMB Digest, today in special collaboration with Podcast Spotlight. In a special edition of DMB Digest, we're going to be doing a focus on telling the stories of elderly members of our community, specifically through oral history, and talking to people who are already highlighting them. So in this episode, we'll be talking to Mr. Denny May and Ms. Susan Schreiber, two founders of the Tacoma Park African American Oral History Project. As our two interviewees will explain, the Tacoma Park Oral History Project is a documentary project being done by the Tacoma Park Historical Society, and their aim is to tell the stories of the historic Tacoma Park by talking with local elderly African American residents. Just a quick note, this is one of two episodes we are doing with guests Mr. May and Ms. Schreiber, so be sure to tune in to part two next week. Also, if you would like to check out the work Mr. May and Ms. Schreiber have done thus far, you can access it on the Historic Tacoma website at historictacoma.org. The project was started in 2019 by Mr. May, a longtime Tacoma Park resident, when he realized that many members of the community had fascinating stories stories that had not been recorded and would be lost if someone didn't document them. Um, I, I went to a birthday party at the Roland Dawes' barbershop up on uh, Carroll Avenue. And Mr. Dawes is, I think, 92 now or 93, uh, an, an eminent citizen, former city council member, African-American, and which is 90th birthday party. Uh, and uh, met a lot of older African-Americans in, in Stone Park at that party uh, and realized that the, the, their stories were incredibly interesting. And I, 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 I was aware of how important they were from the studies I've been doing, but I was also aware that maybe their stories would be lost if someone didn't record them. As rich as Tacoma Park's African-American history is, Mr. May discovered that not many were telling their stories and no one was documenting them. So he decided to take things into his own hands. After speaking with other members of the community, they decided to launch the project to make sure this important history wasn't lost. So I nosed around to see if anybody was doing that and um, didn't look like there was. And so, um, I was fortunate enough to live across the street from Susan Schreiber, who I knew had a, a very serious and long history in doing projects uh, related to historical research and historical sites, um, oral histories and things. And so she and I started talking and Susan was the more operational one of, of the original team. Uh, and. Uh, so I talked to Susan. Susan had lots of ideas about how we might make this happen. And then we started working together to build, build uh, as diverse a group of, of active participants as we could when we were getting started. So maybe Susan, I'll turn it over to you now. <laughs> Ms. Schreiber, the neighbor that Mr. May mentioned, had had some experience with the history of Tacoma Park. But as she and Mr. May discovered more about Tacoma Park history, they uncovered the stories of many prominent African-American figures in our community, one of whom was Lee Jordan, the namesake for the Tacoma Park Middle School field. 
I did spend many years working with uh, historic sites and historic site interpretation and using primary source materials, but I, I hadn't had a lot of background in oral histories. Um, but uh, so I, I knew that, that we had had a black school in Tacoma Park and, um, and was generally aware of um, somebody who was really prominent in, the, in this community of Tacoma Park and the city as a whole, um, who had been a leader in the black community, and that is Lee Jordan who uh, was very well known for um, starting uh, the first integrated sports program in Montgomery County and mentoring um, many, many, many uh, young people, um, both uh, black and white, and was recognized by our progressive mayor starting in 1980, but he'd been at it for many years. And that was Lee Jordan. Lee Jordan would become a large inspiration for the Oral History Project. So to get first-hand accounts of his life and legacy, they reached out to his daughter. Started to hear about people and reach out to people. And the first person was Lee Jordan's daughter, um, Patricia Matthews. And um, we interviewed her and she also, before we interviewed her, she came on board as, you know, we, we built a, a, um, a community-based group. Um, and um, she was one of the first people. From there, their circle grew and they found many other senior members of the African-American community in Tacoma Park. They began to discover more and more voices that needed to be heard and ultimately uncovered a lot of crucial history. Um, Denny reached out to uh, a guy named Janel Catherine, whom he'd played basketball with over the years, who every year does a really amazing um, nationally distributed uh, calendar, um, African-American history calendar, black history calendar, with every single date in the year annotated. And I think he's closing in on 30 years of this calendar. And then a woman who, um, Diane Bradley, who has a show on Sunday nights on Tacoma Radio, who's uh, who actually did a program, the radio program, in fact, she does a weekly radio program, but she, for Black History Month this past year in 2021, she did a program with excerpts of some of the interviews. Uh, and Ganell was on that with her. And then Dale Jones, who um, really is, has really interesting, insightful accounts about not only the Black school, but what it was like when, it, like when integration came. So that that was, we were really fortunate to have this community-based um, uh, team to inform the project and raise questions and make contacts and suggest people to interview and so on. May and Schreiber continued to find that speaking to people firsthand was extremely valuable and decided to make capturing local Black voices the focal point of their project. Uh, 
but we really didn't have much in the way, much to go on. And the community itself um, is has changed a lot. And I guess elevating people's voices is what seemed important. It was it was not so much the factual stuff about what happened. It was it was connecting on an emotional level on a human level with people's lived experience. Uh, that I think that not only did we not have the 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 written um, factual history um, in a way in a way that was kind of a good thing perhaps um, because we had to go to people um, and hear from them. These stories were there and they needed to be captured and and saved, preserved and then uh, some maybe sometimes the students said elevated. Making sure African-American voices are heard is obviously the core of this project. But the project team also knew that their work was only worthwhile if they were reaching people and exposing an audience to new voices. We did, um, you know, we, we did think about um, students, um, high school students and maybe junior high students. Uh, as well as people across Tacoma Park, people in the Black community themselves, um, and, um, and then the whole range of people. If you study history, uh, it's, it's just patently clear how important oral histories are uh, in, in terms of material that's preserved and available. But Schreiber and May's vision of sharing oral histories wasn't always what it is now. They first started off with the idea that they'd make a documentary. Uh, as part of the evolution of our project, we originally were thinking in terms of a film. A documentary film might be better presented as a series of short films that would have immediate uh, school and community uh, value, uh, as opposed to a longer film that might uh, challenge the attention span of uh, uh, anyone not on our committee. <laughs> we, so then we changed our, our, our focus and we started and we started then uh, working much more cl closely with, with the folks in, in the public school system about what kinds of shorter um, oral history uh, products um, would be more attractive uh, to, to students. With a clear goal, the team at the Tacoma Park Oral History Project hopes that their work will reach our community and recover silenced stories. They also hope to inspire a new generation of storytellers to recognize the importance of elderly voices and save their histories, even if it's just on a smaller scale. This is a medium that has broad re has resonance, could have resonance. And I guess, you know, I pictured um, sometimes people, multi-generations living in, you know, in an, in an apartment, in an apartment building in Tacoma Park. And I know from my own experience that it wasn't until my parents were either very elderly or basically not, not around anymore that I'd start to think about, gee, I really wish I asked my mother about 
such and such or about what her life was like when she was a child. And, you know, people have cell phones that uh, young people could, uh, you know, talk to their mother or their grandparents and say, you know, what was life, what was it like in Honduras, you know, um, before you came up here? And what was it like to have to come to this country? You know, it felt as though if we could do a film about doing oral history, that might trigger people to ask these kinds of questions. We hope you've enjoyed our first episode with Mr. Denny May and Ms. Susan Shriver. We also hope that you've learned about their vision for telling oral histories. In our next episode, we'll explore more about what they've learned about Tacoma Park's African-American history. We hope you'll tune in and we'll be back next week.